Chasing It Outdoors, right here on the Chasing It Outdoors podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shiver Outdoor and Archery, located in Leesburg, Georgia, 1461 U.S. 19 South, for all of your hunting and fishing needs. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to another Chasing It Outdoor podcast right here on the Chasing It Outdoor Network. My name is Robbie Surface, and I am your host. And as you've heard me say before, we've got a good one for you today, but we really, really do. You know, last the last podcast with Mr. Terry Rahm was a phenomenal podcast, but we are just as fortunate today to be able to do another podcast with another legend in the hunting industry, especially in the turkey hunting industry. Today, our guest is Mr. Tommy Walton with Tom Teaser's Turkey Calls. How are you, Mr. Tommy? I'm doing good, Robbie. Doing good, man. Do well, good, good. It's uh, is it raining up there like it is down here today? Because it is absolutely pouring outside, and I'm hoping that you guys can't hear the rain hitting on the tin roof. How's the weather up there? <laughs> Oh, we've had it, man. All night long. It's just been sideways. It's uh but uh, you know, we'll take it, I guess. Uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine this morning about a place that one of the places me and him hunting, and it's uh it ain't easy to get into when it's dry, but I he told me a while ago, he said, you know, we couldn't go in there and check that place with a helicopter today. It's just terrible. <laughs> you know, when it rains like it's rained today here where I live in southwest Georgia, we live on a dirt road. And I have to lead my wife out just in case she it was to get stuck. Um, she works and she's a nurse and works in surgery, so it's she, she's got a, a an important job, and we got to make sure that she gets there. And this morning, there was times that I was wondering if I was going to make it down the dirt road. I mean, it has just yeah. been an absolute gully washer. It has, it has, and it's uh, it's gonna it's gonna take a few days to dry out this time. Yes, sir. So that's, you know, I, I do have several questions. Go, I want you to go ahead and if you will, take a second and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you kind of come into this, this industry, if you will. But before I forget this question, because it just come up or I just thought about it, I want you to tell all, all of us your thoughts on what this kind of weather does to turkeys during turkey season. So take a second, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into that first question. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm uh, uh, Tommy Walton with Tom Teasers, and I uh, this year will make 20 years that I've uh, I've been working with Tom Teasers, and we've been at retail. Really, uh, uh, it's something that I truly have a passion for is turkey hunting, and uh, I just uh, I just got it bad. You hear people say, "Well, it's a passion or it's a disease." It's uh, and it is, brother. It's it's took a toll on. Uh, on my life in a really good way because I truly enjoy chasing them turkeys and, uh, and, 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 and being involved with other people in it, especially young people. I love to take young people and, uh, on the, on the, on the hunt and, uh, somebody especially that hadn't never been involved and, uh, can, can uh can hear them birds gobbling off the roost or wake up in the morning to the point to where it's just uh, something you'll never forget you know and then to have a good hunt just really adds to it but uh but you know i've been turkey hunting now uh Oh, almost 46 years man i'm i'm getting old I, I, <laughs> but i 
I have stayed after it. And, you know, old Ben Rogers Lee, a lot of people remember him in my book. He was truly a legend, but he, uh, I went to a seminar one time in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, it's been over 40 years ago, and uh, he had a little uh, seminar up there, and I seen it was in the Atlanta Journal that he was coming up there to have that that seminar. And I went up there, man, and I just uh, I followed him at that time because he was he was so outspoken about turkey hunting and his passion for it and all. But uh, a lot of things stick to my mind that he used to say. He said, man, you know, you better have a good wife and you better have a good job. If not, you'll lose both of them <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact uh, yeah yeah but it's a it's a passion for me too brother it really is and i i was in retails uh for for 30 years uh uh and 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 work and i i worked for winn dixie retail stores uh started off when i was 15 years old as part-time and then when i turned 18 i went into the meat operation uh uh, had to be 18 to get started there and start training. And, uh, I cut meat for about 20 years. And then, um, uh, I was a supervisor, uh, over the Southeast, uh, for, um, for 56 stores, uh, for, uh, about 11 years. And then I went into the buying office and I, I drove from Covington to Fulton industrial Boulevard up there on the wall where six flags exit was. And, uh, I done that and I was a buyer up there for, uh, about 11 years as well. So, uh, I done my time. And then when, when, when Dixie kind of dissolved in the Atlanta division, and uh, went to, they wanted me to go to corporate, you know, in Jacksonville and be a buyer down there. But man, I didn't want to, I didn't want to pull up stakes and leave, you know, and I, I just kind of restructured and I had my time uh, with Win Dixon could really uh, had, had the opportunity to be able to make a decision. And, and so I just kind of pulled back on the reins and, 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 uh, and got involved with uh some more a different work you know really actually done some landscaping that i really enjoyed outdoors and working landscaping and stuff like that so i've done that for about eight years and really done well with it and then the whole time uh i was working uh making some mouth calls i had a buddy of mine help me design a set of presses that uh that would where i could make a diaphragm mouth call and we we uh we went from uh working on it from going to just a a hand press uh, uh, to make a diaphragm to go into compressed air with a foot feed. And it just, uh, from, it just, it just grew and grew and then just really just uh, giving calls and working with people that I, um, that, I, that I knew very well and just getting calls in people's mouth and trial and error. And, and uh, uh, it, it just, it just grew from there, man. We went from, um just getting in mom and pop type stores and uh just uh word of mouth to uh getting in the bass pro and cabela's and dicks and academy and uh we was in about 3600 retail stores uh to the point to where uh it just really kind of blowed up man but it's something i've enjoyed and it ain't something that i really looked at like i have a past of just a real job it's something that i enjoyed and i was a part of something that that uh that just grew and 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 it wasn't like i was uh mentally drained with a hard job but just something that I had a passion for and working with and trying to fatigue it and, and just really make a good product. Well, it's always easy, easier, I should say, 
to do something when you actually enjoy doing it. It's not like getting up, going to work, almost, you know, like going to the shop for myself. I love that industry that I'm fortunate enough to be a part of. So I'm not getting up, going to work. I'm getting up and going, you know, to, to do something to earn a living, but it ain't really like work. There's, there's a whole lot of things that could be a lot worse, you know? Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, people say, man, it's a blessing if you have a job that you can do that you enjoy doing. And like you say, it's not so much a, the labor and, and mental drain of it, but just uh, something that you enjoy and getting a job done too. And, uh, and that's something I, I was really thankful for. Yes, sir. Well, I mean, you basically just gave us the, the, the history there to go back to that question that kind of popped up when we were talking about weather, when you got extreme weather like this, what have you seen? And I'm still, so let me kind of set the stage here. I don't know if you listened to the entire podcast or any of the podcasts that I've done with Terry last week, but I'm still relatively new to, as a Turkey hunter, um, didn't grow up doing it. Most of what I've learned has been by trial and error, talking to guys like Terry or J, uh, J Maxwell or YouTube videos or talking with yourself when, when I call and make orders or texting or whatnot. But when you've got weather like this, what would you expect to, to see a deer or not a deer, excuse me, a, a turkey do? We've got high winds and, and heavy rain. Well, you know, turkeys, uh, right now, this time of the year, you know, everything's dormant and they're on the roam, you know, I, I say on the roam, they, they're going to move until they find a feed source and, uh, and, and, and can, uh, can have a good place to feed. But as far as, as far as rain and wind, uh, it seems like, you know, by all means, turkeys like to go to an open area, uh, to the point to where they can, um, can feed and and the woods are not so loud with the wind and uh and all uh uh in the in the um in the woods you know it's just a little louder than it is in an open area and they can hear better and take care of themselves better and and not get slipped on by up on by a predator or something but uh but as far as the rain you know uh a lot of times, if you really think back and you spend much time in the woods, you catch a uh, catch a lot of turkeys in in open areas. You know they they like to get uh, to go to the fields and stuff and hang out. Seem like a little more uh, than they do on on a on a dry or pretty day. You know they uh, they love to go to a pasture and hang out, and you can usually catch them out there. It's a it's a this time of the year is kind of a time. I mean, by all time, all means, it's time to start really thinking on. Doing your homework, I think it means a lot to get uh, get in the woods and cover some ground and and figure out, um, you know, kind of uh, what they're doing, where they're at, what kind of sign you're seeing, if you you know, scratchings and all. But uh, it'll pay off in the long run to 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 get involved and and really stomp out the woods and cover some ground uh, because this is a uh, this is prior to season and usually it's a uh, it's usually the first week of or the first of eight of March I should say before they start getting kindly vocal and that's a really exciting time of the year for me I just love to start off with them in the morning and stand in a high area a high spot and just listening man uh, it won't be long before they'll start gobbling and letting you know where they're at yes sir now that brings up another question that I don't have on my notes here I hear a lot I hear it several times a year you know where guys say well i didn't have i don't have turkeys on my on my place when i'm deer hunting i don't ever see turkeys or 
or the vice versa. Yeah, I see a bunch of turkeys. I'm going to turkey hunt this year. And then when turkey season rolls around, those birds are gone. In your experience, when does a turkey or, or turkeys usually make that shift? You know, we're in, we're in the state of Georgia. I'm in southwest Georgia, Europe, in and around the Covington area. Our ruts are a little different, but they're within, you know, two to three weeks of, of the time. You know, maybe late October for you where it's, you know, first or second weekend in November for us, or second week in November for us for that rut, when when those bucks make the change. So on, when it comes to a turkey, when can we expect, per se, for a turkey to make that change from his fall winter area to his spring breeding area what have you seen? yeah I, yeah that's a good that's a good question and the way i see it you know uh, and i spent a lot of times in the woods not to say i'm no uh, great great turkey hunter or, or uh, I beg the side of it, but i just uh to, to spend a lot of times in the wood i mean you can start seeing that usually the 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 last week of um Let's see, March. I mean, first of March is really when it really gets cranking. Um, but uh, a week prior to that, you know, maybe two weeks. You know, our weather is so different now, man. It just it just seems like we have so many warm spells prior to season coming in, and uh, I mean, it could be three weeks prior to that they start cranking uh, as far as gobbling in the mornings and all. So. Uh, um, but they'll they'll start they'll start getting where they want to be. Uh, a lot of people say, "Well, I don't I haven't seen many turkeys during deer season," but that don't mean that you won't have them during turkey season because, like you said, uh, turkeys uh, are going to be where they want to be that time of the year. I mean, they just like a buck running an area during the rut. He uh, this is his dominant uh, uh, area, and he's he's going to take he's going to stand up for his area and, and be there well the turkeys are the same way and they're starting to go through a pecking order even now is to say who's the boss gobbler and uh and uh and who's going to be the one that uh that i have a hair on my hands and the rest are just kind of hanging out for the spares or or other flocks or something like that but um the first of march is uh is is usually when you'll start when you start hearing them there. That's pretty much where they're going to be opening week, unless they're spooked or bumped or or run out of an area on that standpoint. But I I will say, and uh, even you know, as soon as the dust settles on deer season, I'll be I I I um, I, I start putting some stuff out, some scratch feed and some stuff that that'll really take care of the turkeys to the point to where. I guess what I'm saying, if you don't take care of them, somebody else will because they they are on a roam. They're going to move until they find something to eat. And by all means, for me to say uh, say that, I truly say that's taking care of the turkeys because they uh, they're striving and looking for something to eat this time of the year because everything is dormant. But by all means, you know. Uh, uh, the, the very first of March, you know, I'd pull back on that and you've hopefully have, have, uh, established that, that flock of birds to be in the area. And, uh, but to pull back and by all means not to be feeding any later than that, because hopefully you've done your job and kept them from, uh, you know, going a mile down the, right. down the road, you know, in that time of the year, there's things starting to grow and, and the temperature is starting to warm up. So, new bugs are popping up so yeah i mean yeah yes they'll start having a browse to the point to where uh they're not they're not up and going until they find something gotcha. 
Well, that'll let's let's go from there and get into a little bit more about Tom Teasers and what Tom Teasers is. How many different types of turkey calls do you guys make over at Tom Teasers? Well, we make a full line of uh, of friction. We make a, a three pot call. We make a glass call, an aluminum call, and a slate call. I put all my pot calls in walnut. Uh, uh, and then as far as a, we make a, we make a, a box call that, uh, something I really thrived, uh, to, to do. I, I had a buddy of mine and a lot of people I know know him. His name is, um, uh, Tony, uh, out of South Carolina. Um, he, he is, is just, a done a really, he's just awesome at, at uh, um, you know, woodworking and all. And he, he come to me one year at the nationals about 10 years ago. And he said, Tommy, I can't believe you hadn't, uh, you hadn't added a, uh, a box call to your lineup. I said, man, I, I, I have, uh, I have worked with some stuff, but, uh, he said, man, I wish you'd just let me help you. I said, well, I always thought if I ever did, I'd like to get with you and kind of get some, but anyway, I went with, I, I went and stayed with him about two weeks in, uh, South Carolina, South Carolina on and off, um, uh, um, his name's Tony Reynolds. I can't think of his last name for the first four minutes there. But, uh, Reynolds Custom Calls, and uh, he, he's just a, he's he's truly a legend. And uh, he designed a, a lot of box calls for a lot of companies. I know for Woodhaven. I know for um, for um, uh, Primos. Uh, uh, but he, I told him I just wanted something different. I didn't want no panel box. I wanted a one piece box. I wanted something small to hand that had a a real hand sound and and man we come up with one uh and it was just it's just been such a um a popular little box i mean at the nationals you know it, we just uh, uh they stay lined up in front of us for three days you know uh uh picking out boxes i make a yellow heart a purple heart a pecan and a um uh, uh Brazilian cherry and and that's in the lids now there again I make all I make all walnut trough boxes the box part is a, a walnut and then uh, but uh that's super little box calls and then uh as far as diaphragm mouth calls which is our bread and butter um I actually make 28 different diaphragm mouth calls you say well why do you make so diff many different ones well they, so many people have a, a preference, you know, and, and there's so much material to work with. Um, I work with a lot of prophylactic, the two bottom reads, uh, and then from there, the top read being uh, from three thousandths to four thousand, four point five thousandths to to just giving the call backbone. But as far as prophylactic, the two bottom reads or three bottom reads is uh, uh, it just makes the call so much more user friendly. It's just uh, it don't take no pressure. You know, you, um, they, they, you know, a lot of people, you know, you, you go to Walmart and you pick up a diaphragm and, 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 and you get a sound out of it, but it seems like the, the veins pop out on your neck trying to get it to roll over or, or to crank it, you know. And uh, to me, uh, soft calling is what kills turkeys. Not to say that he won't answer you at two, 300 yards uh, when you crank down and cut and yelp and uh, just trying to locate a bird or hear a bird gobble at that distance. But when he gets in there 50, 75, 100 yards, you know, it's time to pull back on the volume and, and be able to control your calls to the point to where, uh, you uh you can 
you can call soft. It's like when you're sitting in a deer stand during deer season and a flock of birds come through. There's nothing nothing loud about how turkeys move throughout the day. Uh, just a little feeding call, soft calls. And that's what makes makes that old gobbler comfortable when he's coming in is to hear that little soft stuff and and uh, little soft yelps and, and clucks and purrs and uh, to the point to where that hen saying, well, everything's okay. Come on in here and be with me. And uh, it's, it, it means a lot to, to be able to control your call, not to say that there ain't a lot of good product out there. I mean, the the the, the market is literally flooded with different diaphragm mouth calls and all. But to me, uh, the style call that, that I work with using a lot of prophylactic, it just makes the call so user-friendly and so realistic. It just... Uh, um, it's, it's just hard to beat working with that type of material. Yes, sir. Well, with all that being said, if you have a go-to call and you know your entire lineup, but if you're taking your grandson on a turkey hunt in the morning, what's your go-to call? Well, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I like the, as far as in my lineup, the, the butt naked hen, uh, is a three rig call. It's a cut that I designed. It's, a uh, it's, it's different than, than most anything out there. Uh, uh, but it's, it's, it's kind of got an open front on it, uh, to the point to where it's just, uh, it, it, it just does it all. It's real versatile. It does a, it's great, uh, yelping call, cutting call, and then to pull back on it and just, be able to cluck and purr and uh and run soft with a light volume uh is there but that goes for the hillbilly hen um the uh the the redneck hen the teaser pleaser um all of those calls are are prophylactic calls 95 percent of my calls the bottom two reads are prophylactic for that reason just for control you know people say uh, user friendly and and that's what I shoot for because that that just kind of covers everybody. Yeah, I mean, by all means, you can put uh, you know put pressure behind it uh, and run it a little harder and get the volume out of it. But it's another thing to be able to run it run it soft and and get the sound out of it and not feeling like you had to put so much pressure to it. But uh, but you know, as far as on our website, we, you know, we show all the different cuts and all, a lot of people, uh, um, you know, a, a lot of people, I, I sell as, as many small diaphragm mouth calls referred to as like a youth frame or a small frame call as I do the regular. And it really appeals the last eight or 10 years, uh, to the people, you know, adults, really, by all means, to the youth, but to adults with a narrow palate in their mouth, you know, it's uh, uh even though you, you know you're grown and and you a lot everybody's mouth shape a little different, but a narrow or a tall palate in your mouth, a diaphragm, a standard diaphragm might kind of feel like uh it's too tight uh, in the palate at the top of your mouth and. Uh, or it wants to kind of seem like it's sitting there cocked and sideways, uh, and they go to that small frame. And I'm telling you, with the prophylactic call and uh, and the tension set on these smaller calls, uh, it's just I, they'll run just as fluent as a as a standard frame. Uh, and I have people that buy a lot of small frame calls that run a standard frame call that uh, that really just to close it. 
close the deal, you know, the last 60, 80 yards, because it's not as much material in that call. But there again, it, it gilt, sweet, it, it purrs, it clutch very easy. It's easy to control. So uh, they just so many, so many ways that you can get into a diaphragm mouth call that uh, you can make points with and uh, different cuts and different thicknesses of material makes different sounds and different volumes. And some are raspier than others. Uh, uh, some of them are clear. We got a big mama boss hen. It's just a two reed call. It's a that's a uh, this has two little cuts on each side of the uh, uh, the top reed, and it sounds it really sounds like a wing bone. It's just a it's just a clear note, and it rolls over right well. You want a double note in anything that you run, uh, whether it's a friction call, box call, pop call, and and by all means a mouth call. You want that double note. That's the realistic side of a call, right. and uh, so you want to yow, you want it to break. You know, you you just yow, 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 a double note to the point to where uh, you sound just like what that hen sounds like. So, uh, uh, you know, as, as you know, I can go on. I, I get long winded when <laughs> when I go to talking, brother, and I apologize. No, no, no. That's a, why I've got you lot. here because when it comes to to making turkey calls at least in the state of Georgia, I mean, you, you, you've made a name for yourself. So those that are listening to this should really be listening because there's a lot of good information there. Uh, so yeah. don't worry about getting long winded. I mean, I've got another question here and being that I'm really new to Turkey hunting, if you will, what is on when it comes to the mouth calls, because that's the one type of call that I struggle with. I mean, my go-to call is a pot call just because I have the, the most, confidence of being able to make a decent turkey sound if you will uh, i have found that the teaser pleaser is one that i can operate i don't want to say well but better than some of the other calls that i've played with if you've got a new potential tom teaser customer and they're looking at all the different calls a lot like myself when i first ordered them for our first time i think about four years ago at shiver like man what in the world how do i know which one to buy <laughs> i mean i am confused so yeah. when it comes to ease of use and one that the average person could use which which mouth call would you push them to or refer or recommend to them well, I, I'll tell you this. I, I would say I, as far as ease of use, and I don't want to sound like a uh, a selling point in what I'm saying, or, or by no means am I driving Tom Teasers down anybody's throat. I mean, like I say, there's a lot of great product out there, but um, to me, uh, to, to be able to control the call, and, uh, and this is kind of a mouthful when I say it, but I don't make a diaphragm mouth call that's not user friendly and, and that you just, uh, that you just have to really crank on to get it to, uh, a lot of wind to blow the call. Uh, like I said, I think it all comes back to saying, um, um, when, when you have to run a call hard, you can't control the call when he gets closer, you know, people say, well, he hangs up. He, you know, he hung up on me at 60, 80 yards. Well, if you're running a mouth call and he gets in there within six, coming from 200 yards and he finally gets in there close, if you're cranking on him or having to, to get the sound out of the call, crank on him just like he was when he was at 200 yards and you're still showing that kind of volume, 
you're asking him to hang up. You you reverse nature when you call a gobbler into you anyway. He's used to gobbling and strutting and that hen coming to him. But when he uh, hangs up, well, you know, if, if he gets in there and, and you blasting right in his face, uh, uh, to me, 90% of the time, you're, you're pushing him to hang up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but as, this, as far as a call to use uh, and what I, what I make, the Bahama Mama uh, is a V-cut. The, uh, the, uh, the Terminator is a two-and-a-half read call. I make it in a cutter and a V-cut. Uh, 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 Butt-naked hen is a three-read call. The hillbilly hen is a three-read call. And, you know, people say, well, with me just starting off a two-read or a single-read, you hear a lot of people say a single-read call is a whole lot easier to, to, to learn on and to practice on. But when with the tight material I'm using and the tension that I put on it, I, I pull my tension from side to side in thousands. And once I get my tension uh, set, I can lock my press in to where it pulls that tension exactly the same every time. So if you buy it on the front of the peg or the back of the peg, it's going to be the same sound. It's, uh, they're, they're very consistent, you know. Uh, but uh, uh, just just, uh, just about just everything about that we make is just yeah, – yeah, and, and that sounds like a sales pitch, and I swear I – uh, not to say that you by all means might like this call better than that one, according to the cut, the cut and all, uh, but they're very easy to get. And I honestly believe that's been the success of Tom teasers, uh, just being a call that's easy to control and, uh, and, uh, from one call to the next, but different thickness of the material and different cuts by all means gives it a different pitch. It's just like my voice is different than yours. All hands sound, sound different, you right. know, and a lot of people, uh, uh, like certain sounds and they'll pick at it until they get what they want. Uh, but they, uh, but I've been, I've been turkey hunting a long time. It means a lot to really know, know, uh, know the sound of a bird, you know, to the point to where uh, it's just realistic when you're working with it and tuning it. It's just like an instrument, you know, as far as you just got to tune it to the get to the point to where they do break. Uh, and they do have a double note and they do have a sweet sound, you know? Yes, sir. And that comes with, like you say, all the years of experience and, and guys like yourself and, and, and Mr. Terry Rom and, you know, Eddie Salter and all these guys that have been doing this for so long. That's where the success comes in such as time teasers is because you know what them birds sound like and, now I'm kind of kind of wondering how long did it take you to learn not only what they not what they sound like but kind of their demeanor when they're calling back to you. That's something yeah. from a from an early turkey hunter standpoint that I'm trying to learn is all right when I hear that sound or that you know that cut or that yelp. Are they in excited mode or are they just kind of just hanging out and, you know, am I pushing them away? Which, you know, I know these are, this is somewhat of a hypothetical question, but, you know, what are some things that a, that a beginning turkey hunter could look for um, in when that call is being made back to you as the caller um, from a hen standpoint or a gobbler standpoint? 
Yeah. Well, that's, that's another really good question. You know, uh, a lot of people uh, don't really think that side of it. Maybe going to the woods and they've, they've practiced and, 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 and maybe being uh, new to the sport to the point to where they, they got a sound coming out of it and they just stay after it and, and just run whatever they kind of comfortable with running. But, but to me, um, you know, to, 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 I, I usually just start off with just, you know, the Yelp is the number one, the number one call in the spring of the year. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's that time of the year and that's a mating call. Uh, but by all means the Yelp and then the, uh, the cluck and purr, you know, is a contentment type call. It's just a soft call. A lot of times, that's like what you hear in the spring and the in the deer season. You know, when turkeys move through, if, and you really got to be listening, man. It ain't nothing with a whole lot of volume, but just a little, just soft clucks and just soft purrs and a little whining. It's just a, it's just a contentment type call, but. Um, I always just start off with a yelp and maybe a cluck and a purr to the point to where uh, I get a bird to answer me. And uh, if, if if he answers me and, and it's obvious that he's starting to close the ground and coming toward me, uh, I don't I don't usually break into any cutting or any real aggressive type calling. I had rather say that to the point to where if he gets in there 80 yards or so and and then he hangs up and you say well turn you know well at least you've got something to turn to then you can be a little more aggressive and not have already showed your cars when he was at two or three hundred yards so uh to just yelp and cut to the point to where you can get him started and then just give him soft yelps three to five yelps um, you know, maybe two or three series and, uh, and keep him coming. And then from there, just really pull back on the volume and work him, uh, uh, with, with the same call. In other words, he wouldn't be gobbling if he, if he didn't like what he was hearing. Uh, mm -hmm. but there again, if he does, if he does get quiet on you, by all means, have something to turn to that's different than what he's heard and maybe get him jacked up to the point to where, uh, it's just more than, uh, more than he can stand to come on in that's what makes the hunt to me so exciting you know it's uh like i say you're reversing nature anyway when you call one in but but when you get him uh to that point and he seems like he's kind of slowed down he said okay this is where i'm gonna be you know where i'm at you come to me that's how it's supposed to be but when you can break him from that point to come on in to gun range uh boy that's when the hunt is good so that that call that you were saying that you know what would that call for you be what that one that you reached in your bag he's he hadn't heard this one yet so i'm fixing to give him something a little different i'm gonna, I'm gonna whistle or whisper some sweet nothing's in his ear where are you going to in that in that instance well i i by all means that to me a cluck and purr is is just uh is just a killer call and and a purr is a little uh intimidating with a diaphragm mouth call it's uh, yes, it's something you really have to uh to work with and uh um uh i got a lot of youtube stuff out that that i've worked with and we make a dvd that, that the language of a turkey and how to use a diaphragm mouth call that i work with and, and different stuff but it 
if you can if you can master that purr, a lot of people are purr with their their lips or their tongue against their lips. But if you can ever get and and maybe go to the YouTube I make on purr with a diaphragm mouth call is is using the back of your throat, that little thing that hangs down in the back, just using that to 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 go through the reeds of the call to just get a soft purr, a consistent purr. God almighty, that's a killer call. I mean, it's just, uh, uh, like I say, that's a, that's that, that purr is just saying everything's all right. I'm in here feeding, uh, and I want you to be with me. Uh, but by all means, man, I, you know, I say soft and, 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 um, to me, that's what kills more turkeys than anything that and patience. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if he's toe up, uh, uh, I mean, you know, and, and, and gobbling and coming in, I mean, you're liable to be just as aggressive, uh, maybe not as loud, but just as aggressive as you was at 200 yards and, and, and he'd never miss a lick and the gun go off. I mean, you know, he, he's liable to come all the way in without having to pull any finesse type calling on him, you know, that's a but good a way to put it finesse. Yeah. But a mature, a mature gobbler, when he gets three and a half, four and a half, five and a half years old, by God, you better have something else to put on him. <laughs> well, maybe one day I'll get there because I do spend a lot of time playing with, with my, my turkey calls. And like I said in the last podcast with Mr. Terry, when my wife throws a book at me, I know that I, I know that I have exceeded the amount of time that I can play with the turkey calls. It's time to put them up. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> Take a second and tell everybody that's listening where they can find Tom Teaser's turkey calls. Now, I know that you can find them at Shiver Outdoor and Archery in, in Leesburg, Georgia, because I order them and, 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 and handle all that. But if you're not in and around the Leesburg area, where can one find a Tom Teaser call? Well, our number one store is our website, you know, is tomteasers.com. And, uh, we um we had a little of a hiccup on our on our, our website. We're working on it right now, but we've had some stuff to drop out. It's just a technical thing, thing but uh uh but but we got working on that and it should be back up right away. But uh but we have an awesome website. Not only uh not only do we have uh, pictures of everything that we carry and make, uh, but we have media uh, on the page where you click on a butt naked hand uh, and it'll blow up for you and you can see the cut and all. And then at the bottom uh, of the page, you can click on a little media clip and it's, it's not talking in any way. It's just running the call. It's one thing to see a call. It's another thing to hear it. That's really been a good selling point for us. You know, a lot of people like a raspberry call or a clearer call, uh, and, and they can kindly hear it and, and, and say, darn, I, I like that sound or whatever. But the website is a, is a great, uh, is a great website and all, but by all means, uh, you know, we're at, uh, most all big box stores. And then, uh, but we're in a tremendous amount of mom and pop stores around the, the southeast, especially Kentucky, Alabama, uh, Georgia. Um, you know, we're we're in a lot of them. And and I will say this: I have a lot of people call and say, "Man, I, I wish you was in." I, I got well, we got a little store here and wherever you know. And uh, um, 
I, you know, I, 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 they've asked me to call and introduce myself to them, and I have, and uh, and get them in their store, and and we can give them, uh, you know, some uh, inventory, and and to the point to where it's not, uh, if they're a small store, we'll work with them and just get them some, and then we'll just feed it as they need it, you know, and not load them up with a bunch of product, yes. and that's a real real good point for a lot of small stores. But if you have a a, a store in your area and you'd like to for us to, to touch base with them or, or for them to call us and we'll get them a wholesale price list and all. But, uh, but, uh, on our website, it's got my phone number, uh, six, seven, eight, four, nine, 2750. Uh, you can call me direct. I got a set of, uh, um, um, I go in my ear with and I sit there I talk to people all day long while I'm making calls and it's just uh, uh, I can get your address and I'll send it right to you that way too but uh, any way I can help you I'll be glad to do it or work with any stores around your area uh, but uh, you shouldn't have any problem at all getting a hold of Tom Teasers. Well I'm all, that, that was perfect leading into where we're fixing to go which was your idea and I'm extremely thankful Mr. Tommy is going to give away some turkey calls and here is how you go to receive, go about receiving one of those turkey calls. Send Mr. Tommy an email at info at tomteasers.com and put chasing it outdoor podcast in the subject line and in the description, type a little email. Hey, I heard the podcast on chasing it outdoors. Here's my address. He's going to send you a mouth call and for him doing that, I cannot thank him enough. That is so awesome that he offered to do that. But two, it gives you an opportunity to try one of his mouth calls if you haven't already. And I'd highly recommend a teaser pleaser because uh, that's my go-to, <laughs> but there's a, there, that would be a good way to get a, a, uh, a mouth call in your hands. I know that like he said, uh, feed it as you need it. That's exactly how we've, you know, operated for the last almost, well, this will be the fourth year at Shiver with Tom Teasers. And we've always had extremely good luck selling his calls. There's not been one return that I can think of in three seasons. This will be the fourth. Cannot think of anyone bringing something back saying, Hey, this didn't work. And usually every year I sell either out or almost out of the calls. So if you're listening to this and you are a shop, get a hold of Mr. Tommy because I promise you his calls are going to do well for you. At least they do well for us. Mr. Tommy, we have been going about 41 minutes now. Um, and I, well, I got I, I, mouth, man. I cannot thank you enough for coming on and doing this for, for us. I really, really appreciate you taking almost an hour out of your Monday morning and uh, doing this podcast, this podcast to be available on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. It'll be on YouTube's podcast platform. If you all will take a second and hit that like and subscribe button and continue to follow us along here at Chasing It Outdoors and uh, look up Tom Teasers on Facebook, uh, hit the like and uh, follow button on his Facebook as well. If you've got any questions, info at timteasers.com will get you straight to him or his phone number is on the website. Mr. Tommy, thank you so much for coming on and being a part of today's episode. 
and right this is where we're gonna leave it you all y'all y'all know i say it and i'm gonna say it again put god first and keep chasing thank you for listening that's great man thanks for having me robbie and and uh these people that are that are out to send me an, a, an email about a call don't think i'm just going to send out two or three i'm going to send out enough to where most everybody's going to get a call and i look forward to it uh giving you that 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 call as well as just asking you to to really take the time and and and, and take a young person hunting this year and i wish everybody the best of luck this spring yes sir good luck to you all this episode is brought to you by Shiver Outdoor and Archery, located in Leesburg, Georgia, 1461 U.S. 19 South, for all of your hunting and fishing needs.